1: God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry, teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much." The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven starts now.
2: The title of today's message is No Unanswered Prayer. God wants to reconstruct your prayer life today. The nation and the nations of the world are in desperate need of prayer warriors. These are people who God is calling and their hearts will cry out for the nation's souls, souls, souls will be won through their intercession. He brought you to this message today because he's calling you to be one of those who defeat the plans of the enemy. First, John, excuse me, John 1, 8 says for this purpose. The son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. When you go deep in the spirit realm of prayer, your personal life will be blessed and those around you will be one to Christ. They will see mighty demonstrations of God's awesome power through prayer and others will seek to learn this powerful form of prayer that you have obtained. Now, so many times God gets the blame for prayers that went unanswered. I want to show you the foundation upon which prayer is built upon and why some prayers go unanswered. Psalms eighty four eleven reads, the Lord will give grace and glory. He said he would not withhold any good thing from those that walk upright then why is there so much unanswered prayer, Valerie? I I hear you. I hear your question. God is calling you today to take your rightful place of authority. Now, I need you to get this in your spirit. God has no limitations on what he can do. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, right? So let's just settle on that. In our mind, when doubts come in, Remember God's power. Remember that he has no limitations at all. And that's when you say to yourself, when doubt floods into your mind, that's when you say, in the beginning, God, and in the end, God. And that settles it. Now, if we remember that, we will soar when challenges come up that seem impossible. We will have taken the limits off of God. Now you can face any challenge and say, in the beginning, God... I believe in the beginning God and I believe in the end God that reminds us that God can do all things. When we take the limits off of God, we step into a new realm of possibilities. It opens things up. The the impossibility that you once thought was facing you. It begins to diminish. I want to share this with you. When my husband was ill he was in a hospital after surgery, and he went into coma. No one had mentioned that word to me yet. I, I, he was laying there, seem, seemingly almost lifeless, no real movement, just, just laying there. But he had not been diagnosed. So the doctor arrived, and he was making his rounds, and obviously he thought that someone had told me. And as he was examining him, he said, I am so sorry, Mrs. Sneed, that he is in coma. I said, why do you say that? Why are you saying that, doctor? He said, "Look at him," and he picked his arm up, and he just dropped it. Just thump. Just just dropped it on the bed. And I looked at him. He said, "That's why I'm saying that." And he said, "Would you like to see his EEG, the EEG of his brain?" And I said, "No, sir. I, I don't. I don't need to see that." He said, "Well, would you like to see um, any test results that's come back?" I said, "No, sir." I, I don't need to see that either. I said, I understand now, but I don't need to see any of your reports. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You see, at that point, I knew that I needed to pray. I knew what I needed to do. And I knew that if I looked at any report of his brain waves, and they were flat and there was no brain wave activity, I knew that that would interfere with my faith in prayer. So as soon as the doctor left the room, I began to cry out to God. I cried out for 24 hours. I cried unto God. And do you know, he opened his eyes and he began talking. He began talking and gradually as he began talking, he talked more and more just, just in hours. And within the next day, it was as though it had not even happened. I'm telling you that a miracle took place in that room. And it was astounding to that doctor and to the hospital staff. We had several times in his lifetime that he went in coma. And each time through prayer, he was able to come out of it. Matthew twenty one twenty two reads like this. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Now, this is a level of prayer that is absolutely dynamic. What did Jesus just say? He said all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer. But remember, he said all things. Whatsoever you ask, believing all things. Please say it, all things. What did he say will happen about all things? He said, you shall receive. Now you must take him at his word, for this is the word of the Lord. Has he not spoken it? Is he not well able to perform it? Now, yet there is a great dilemma. And that dilemma is, you know, oftentimes people, we understand there are hindrances to prayer, but we don't always understand what those hindrances are. Someone might say, well, it's the enemy that hinders prayer. However, I don't want to upset anybody's theology today, but we can also get in the way of prayer moving in a powerful way in the spirit realm. I want to share with you some hindrances to prayer. See, this is going to reconstruct your prayer life, having this level of knowledge. Unbelief can hinder your prayers. Sin can hinder your prayers. Disobedience, refusing to walk according to the word of God. Lack of faith will hinder your prayer, fairy to tarry in God's word and his presence. Wrong intentions that you're asking God, the wrong intentions of your prayer. Being distracted from your prayer life will hinder your prayers. Mistreating your spouse. Yep, I said it. That will also hinder your prayers. Here's the biggest problem, though. Why? Why? Prayers go unanswered. It goes further than just hindrances to prayer. We get spiritually lazy. We back down. So many people have decided that they're defeated. So they've settled for being useless in prayer, accepting they've prayed and the answer did not come. But first John five, 14 and 15 says, and This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever, we ask, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire from him. When we pray the will of God, he hears us. I said, when we pray his will and his will is in his word. You know, a lady called me one time and her husband was in adultery and she said, Valerie, she said, you know, he, he was deep in adultery and he stopped it. That's what he's telling me now. She said, but he called me and he said that he's going to pray and see if God wants us to be married. If he needs to stay in this marriage. And I said, are you willing to stay in the marriage? And she said, yes. I said, well, Then that's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Why does he need to pray and ask God if he should stay in the marriage or not? I said, I tell you what, you tell him not to waste his time praying. You tell him that I said, call me and I'll give him the answer. He needs to stay in his marriage. You have forgiven him. He needs to stay in his marriage and raise his children and love his wife. See, when we know the will of God, there are some things we kind of look almost ridiculous asking. We're supposed to understand the will of God. Man, stay in your marriage, raise your children and love your wife. It was really that simple. I'm here to tell you today that you never need to be defeated again in prayer. Let's stop resigning ourselves to live in a place of giving up in prayer without arriving at a place of victory because you were created to win. Don't back down on the situation that you're dealing with, whether it's rebellious children, whether it's drug addiction. It doesn't matter what the battle is. Maybe it's debt so high you think you'll never get it paid off. Don't resign yourself to being defeated in prayer. Matthew 7, 7 says this, ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you now wait there is something here that is too often missed in this scripture this scripture is describing a series of events this verse is the foundation upon which prayer is built I'm going to read it in another translation because it's that important to you. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. If we do not persevere in prayer, we will not see the answer. You will see so few answers when you don't persevere in prayer. Remember in the Old Testament when Daniel is seeking God because he needs answers. Remember when the angel came to Daniel, what did he say? He said, from the moment, from the time you prayed, He said, your prayers were heard on the first day. Yet it took him 21 days to get to Daniel to bring him the answer that he was seeking. Will you continue praying for 21 days or for 21 weeks until God answers? Too many people will not persevere. Look at Paul in the Bible. No matter what he faced, he persevered. Look at the disciples, threats on their lives. Beaten, but they persevered. But it was through prayer that they had the power to persevere. Child of God, if you do not persevere for the answer, you will never see great things happen through prayer. You must resign yourself to perseverance through prayer. Let tell you something about my older sister. She was so adorable to me. She was 10 years older than me something happened and I don't, I still don't know today what happened. But for some reason, she misunderstood something. This is years and years ago, but I still remember. I sought God in prayer because I loved her so much. When I was a teenager, because she was 10 years older, she was my counselor. She was my friend. Now they call it your go-to person. Well, she was all of that for me and I absolutely adored her. So in my young adult life, in my 20s, my 30s, it was still the same. She was always my big sister. But something happened, and she misunderstood, and she wouldn't tell me what I said or what I did wrong. And our relationship was distant. And so I began to call out to God because she was such a perfect gift to me in my life. And so I called out to God, and I sought him, but I didn't get an answer. I prayed for 10 years it could have even been 15. I know for sure 10 solid years. And she didn't, she wasn't changing, but I continued. I loved her so much. I persevered in prayer. And then one day I was talking to her on the phone. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she said to me, she said, wait a minute, Valerie. She said, you were my ally, weren't you? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you've been my ally all along, haven't you? I said, yes, I have. She said, I am so sorry for the way I've treated you. And she just began to cry. I said, it's okay. It's okay. You don't need to cry. It's okay. Stop crying. She said, no. She said, look how I've treated you. She said, and you've been my ally all along. Well, because I persevered in prayer three months before she died, our relationship was restored. I had not given up because I wasn't going to give up on her. But because I persevered in prayer, we had that special time together because she died suddenly without notice. But I kept asking. I kept seeking and I kept knocking. I want to share something with you today. God knows who I am when I really want something from him and he isn't answering that prayer. I don't give him any rest. Now, I don't do it on purpose. That's just how I'm made. And I know he knows that that's how I'm made. I just keep coming right back. I just keep reminding him of my prayer. I am just persistent. I will cry out day and night. I will walk through the house talking to him about that situation. I'll wake up in the night, and I'll call on him again, and I'll tell him about my situation, and I'll ask him why he's not answering me. He knows that that's how I'm made. And I'm sure that the angel Gabriel says, here she comes again. You know, she's just going to keep doing this until you answer her. So you might just want to answer her and get this over with because that's just how she is. (laughs) Praise God. But isn't that what Jesus said to do in the book of Luke when he talked about the unjust judge? Remember, and the woman kept going back. And the judge said, she was saying, avenge me of my enemy. She was saying, would you please handle this situation? This person has done something evil, something wrong against me. But the Bible says that this judge, and I'm paraphrasing for you, but the Bible says that this judge feared God nor man. But he said, if I don't do something about this, this woman's going to keep coming back wearing me, just wearing me out with this. So he took care of the situation. So that's what God wants you to remember today, to be like the woman with the unjust judge. Because Jesus said, what more will your father do for you, even when an unjust man would respond to something like this? So where am I going with these lessons in prayer for you? God wants you. He wants to just totally reconstruct your prayer life. God's looking for warriors. You see, Sometime he just gets this label of being this all nice God and he is a nice God. But the Bible says that the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. That's Exodus 15, five. He is a warrior. And so therefore he will go to war for you in prayer. That's who your father is. Child of God, a man of war. Now we can't leave off when we're talking about reconstructing our prayer life. I can't leave off fear. Now, this is a topic where so many people end up in defeat, but the Bible says there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out all fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, I want you to understand something. God wants every child of his to know how much he loves them. Remember we talked about Abba Father, about him being your daddy? Satan doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to see God as your daddy. Satan doesn't care about anything that you possess. Let's get this straight. He doesn't care about what car you drive. He doesn't care about where you live. And he's not afraid of anything that you have. There's only one thing that Satan fears. Satan fears the knowledge that you have. That's what he is afraid of. You know, a young girl wrote something in a Christian devotion some years ago, and I'll never forget it. She said her mother was dying and she went to her mother's bedside and, and she could sense that her mother's hours were few. And she was so concerned about her mother's mental state. So she said to her mother, she said, mother, she said, are you afraid to die? She said, and her mother looked up at her. She said, no, I am not afraid to die. She said, fear is a thought, and I am not afraid of a thought. I want to ask you today, are you afraid of a thought? Because isn't that where fear starts? That's how we end up dealing with giants. Are there giants in your land? Because if fear is dominating you, you're being tormented, and you're dealing with a giant. Oh, but God made you, child of God, a giant slayer. That's what you are. You have to know how to deal with fear when it comes at you because it will torment you day and night. You have to be able to stand up to it and say, I am a giant slayer. I'm a child of God, and I am not afraid of a thought. You have to stand flat-footed and face that thing head on. That's what you have to do. Remember David. Remember David when he was part of Saul's army? Remember when he first joined them? Remember how the Philistines would taunt Israel? The Philistines had Israel on the run for quite a while there. And remember once David was chosen to go up against the giant? Remember what David, that Goliath would come out and taunt Israel daily? They would, they would... Goliath would make fun of them and taunt the army and everyone in the army was afraid, but not David. Because David knew who his God was and David knew that he was a giant slayer. When you face the challenges in life, it doesn't matter what you're facing, whether it's drug addiction, whether it's imprisonment of a child. What is life's challenge that's coming at you? And it is a giant Well, it's coming at you by fear and anxiety, usually what you are confronted with. And you try to convince yourself that there's no chance. Fear will convince you that there is no chance to fix this situation. Maybe healing seems impossible. Maybe fear tells you this child is permanently drug addicted. That's when you take a stand like David and refuse to be defeated. Dismiss the lies of the giant you face and stand in faith, believing stand on Psalms 56. It says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you and God, whose word I praise and God, I trust in you. I will not be afraid. And Psalms 34 says, because of your faith, then you are a giant slayer. Faith, fear begins with a thought. It is a weapon of the enemy. Fear is not God. The Bible says, I did not give you the spirit of fear. So when fear comes at you, that's when you say, wait a minute, that's not God. Because he did not give me the spirit of fear. He gave me love, courage, and a sound mind. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That means not one of your thoughts, especially when you are facing opposition of the enemy, not one of your thoughts is to be overcome by the enemy. You must bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience. Line it up with the word of God and you will conquer every giant that you faced. Fear of a person, fear of demons, fear of circumstances. Fear can come of all kinds of things, but you are a giant slayer. God does not want you to ever be defeated. The Bible says depth, nor height, nor principalities, nothing separates you from the love of God. Now that means that nothing separates you from being protected. Nothing separates you from provisions. Nothing separates you from Christ reigning. Nothing separates your reign with Christ. Nothing. Oh, now you can step into your true calling because the Bible says, so when, when these thoughts come in and you're bringing them into captivity, I know you're thinking, so Valerie, what do I think about? The Bible says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, think on these things. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've
1: been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.